Oh, I can't say hit it because then this is the lead into the podcast. That's not good. <laughs> Loose lips sink ships. Hey. T- episode title right as we start. We were gamers episode 178 or 9. Oh no. 177? 170. I think we were at 170. No, we're not at 180 yet. If you haven't listened to any episodes of the show, this is a regular occurrence. 179. On this podcast. 179. 179. All right. Already in a leaky canoe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of leaky canoes, hi. We we talk about video games a lot on this podcast. Let's talk about some video games today. Across the board, lots of them. And just not ones that we're playing, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Let's do it. Okay. Do we start with the leaky ship? Do we plug the holes? <laughs> Can they be plugged? I don't think so. A stream of photographs has been <laughs> sent to my phone this past week. I assume the same roughly for you guys. BlizzCon. Yeah. BlizzCon will be the starting the day, well, kind of soft starting the day after this releases. Because uh, Thursday is kind of a day. You can shop. You can, you can do the... Uh, well, you can do half the shopping. That's a yeah. weird concept, right? It is weird. Yeah. Michael, so how does how does that work? Michael, on my phone right now, I can shop BlizzCon. And okay. because I have a badge, they'll let me buy stuff from the store at BlizzCon to pick up at BlizzCon. I just walk down there tomorrow when I'm getting my badge on the soft opening day, and I hand them my barcode, and they hand me a bunch of things I've paid for on my phone. Okay. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes compared to the normal two and a half hour line. Yeah. Uh, that sounds you, like an you generally You generally, you get there, you scan whatever the thing is, your phone, a barcode, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it'll be the wristband this year. They're, they're doing wristbands this year, Andrew. No uh, more badges? You, oh, I think you get a printed badge, but the badge doesn't have RFID. The wristband does. So you get a wristband and a badge? I, yes. It has I believe RF you get in a, it so you can't shower? Uh, apparently it is, uh, like cloth. Huh. And you, that's what I've heard. Hmm. Wrap your wrist so in it's a plastic. Uh, they say that you could, uh, it, well, cloth, but they, they said that it's not a big deal if you shower with it. Like it's not going to disintegrate or When whatever. did you hear about this? This is not part of, this the is like internet. in the boat. This is real, this is real stuff that should be coming out as I information clicked. before you start the con. <laughs> I clicked on uh, stuff on the internet, and it says you will be given a wristband. And then I looked on their like support page, people asking questions about it, and the person said that they think it's going to be clogged. Can I put my driver license in my wristband so that they can see like an RFID without pulling out my I- my ID to buy beer? Probably not. That that would be cool. That would be extremely cool. What a future we could live in, you guys. And then you, your driver's license would get stolen by a guy with an RFID, RFID scanner. scanner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, of all the technologies, this is, a, oof. We Were Gamers, a podcast where we get sidetracked basically all the time, and it's usually my fault. <laughs> of all yeah. the things that security-wise people have been worried about with phones, the RFID thing seems to me to be the least dangerous. Like the face lock and the finger lock being so insecure, right? Like 
you can undo the finger lock if you know how to breathe on the phone and lift the print and then put the print back on the phone. You could pick up a picture of somebody and unlock the phone with the facial recognition. You can knock someone out and <laughs> use their knocked out face to unlock their phone in some cases. I can finally recreate that scene I've seen in every action movie. Exactly. They just hold their face up to the phone. <laughs> All that stuff. Yeah, those things are bad. Everyone was worried about the RFIDs and people like, oh, you're, they're going to walk next to you and they'll steal your credit card information from your phone. Nah, nah. The way the systems work, they can't really do it, you know? They can't steal it from your phone, but if you have, like, the RFID-enabled cards or the RFID-enabled passports or whatever, if they bump into you in line, that is close enough to steal that information. Yes, but they'd have to be yeah. bumping into you exactly where they know the thing yes. is that has the RFID. The giant wallet sticking out of your back pocket. <laughs> okay. But I don't put my wallet in my back pocket, so if you're bumping me in my front pocket, we got another problem. <laughs> hey, he's really busy, man. He's uh, running really late. Huh. He just bumps into you and runs past. What's that, what's that giant RFID thing you bumped into me? Yeah. <laughs> and that laptop you're staring at. Anyway. Bro, you don't, you don't need a laptop to do look, that. But anyway. The, the yeah. most damaging technology of all of this stuff is none of it. The worst problems are inside your phone with all the the apps you've given permissions to steal all your data anyway. Yeah, 100% true. <laughs> like, literally, anyway. everyone's worried about the hard technologies, and it's really the soft tech inside the phone that's just giving it away. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so, anyway, the all right, BlizzCon back to stuff <laughs> All right. <laughs> Where the leaky ship is Blizzard. That's the metaphor that we have been on. There had been rumblings with. of the, you know, Blizzard, you know, having what was considered basically by everyone who went there to be a pretty bad BlizzCon last year. Right? I uh, would, even people that didn't go characterized it as, oh, that was bad. <laughs> they they yeah. had the disastrous Diablo Immortal rollout. I mean, mm -hmm. humongously disastrous. It, and it I was bad clear, even in the go, moment. Look, go back to that podcast. We are level-headed people. Neither of us or the people that were with us were upset. Mike, we say neither because Michael doesn't go to BlizzCon. He he was smart enough to decide. <laughs> Truly, to the take, wisest not among to us. take the punishment, but we can't. We can't stay away, uh, especially this year when you know they'll have to unroll D four, uh, or do they? Yeah. How do you how Look, do you unfaceplant? That will be that's the theme of this. Well, year you certainly don't faceplant a month beforehand. <laughs> And then roll Oops. out, a, and then roll out a bunch of rumors to try and save the face plant a month beforehand. Yeah, so, so all that Hong Kong stuff is still in the air. People have not forgotten. It turns out. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see what happens with that. I hear there are protests planned. We will uh, definitely find out what is happening with those because that's true. I, while we do not plan to protest or anything like of that nature, I think as what's What's like a lighter version of the word journalist? Curious bystanders? <laughs> with with recording <laughs> equipment. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I we'll see what happens with all that. And then, you know, they've been basically, you know, designed leaks almost certainly in some I'm cases. sure at this point and, the pictures that are coming are like, huh, why did then, John walk up to my computer and take a picture of those beta files? And then, you know, some less designed ones. But, uh, I mean, 
ESPN well, we reported look, some of this stuff. So let's that's go like through the level we're at here, right? Mm-hmm. ESPN leaks are, you know, the like, they're not paid leaks per se, but they're definitely close to paid leaks. You know what I that's mean? A, that's some access merchant stuff uh-huh. going on right there. Exactly. Right? It's like the PS5 oh. stuff. Yeah. You know. Uh, so let's get through these because we're going to talk BlizzCon all week. We're going to record about BlizzCon this week. We're going to tweet about it and it's going to be a busy week of BlizzCon. So let's just get through what we think the rumors actually are that are true. So the it seems that uh, Diablo 4 is a real game. Shocker. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that the rumors all- last year of them pulling it at the last second probably were accurate. Uh, it revealed by the uh, text for an art book that went on sale in Germany or something. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they said art from, you know, the whole Diablo franchise. One, two, three, and four. Whoops. You're like, huh. Curiously, uh, po- cur- curiously no mention of Immortal. <laughs> uh, as a, I think it may have said Immortal. Oh. Now, so I just, I don't remember. But the, uh, the... At this point, even the, like, play Diablo Blizzard-controlled thing has used hashtag Diablo 4. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. look, no one should be surprised at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new stuff is, uh, the ESPN report was there is an Overwatch 2 coming, which, what even is Overwatch 2? That is a good question. Let's chat about what that is for a minute. It has to be solidly PvE, right? So, what the... What the ESPN article alleges is that it's, you know, it, it, Overwatch 2, it is a, a clean break from Overwatch 1, so all your skins and all this stuff will not transfer over, but it will have uh, new modes to play, so a, a different kind of, not just the attack, defend, push the payload stuff, some kind of brand new mode, and it will have PvE things not clear what that is but they like pve type encounters and Current it doesn't sound watch has pve type stuff but this sounds deeper like traits and leveling and things right of that and they're, they're talking about like hero levels they're talking about you know almost like talent tree type stuff and how that is tied into the multiplayer is not clear but obviously the multiplayer uh will return because that is still fantastically popular but well, if they do maybe the like horde mode stuff or does, a campaign, right? Those would be the kind of things you would have in an Overwatch 2. I would guess that, and Michael, feel free to chime in here based on an outside view, but their rate of lore has radically declined since the launch of that game. And part yeah. of me thinks, I wonder, has that team been busy basically taking all the stuff they had already done and all the stuff they had planned to do and worked it into a longer campaign style. So I was, I was, that was going to be my question is, do you think that they have started uh, hoarding ideas in order to flesh out a full game? So they, they definitely roll out like lore tidbits with each new character, but the like overall story of the Overwatch and its team or whatever it is has kind of stalled pretty badly, right? Essentially non-existent at this point. Right. So, so I think that's Michael, to answer your question, move. I hope so. <laughs> okay. And if and I, I will respond by saying that if they actually made a campaign mode, I might actually start playing. Of or course. at least give it a try. Right? I mean, yeah. There's a lot to like about 
the p- dynamic play style of that game and turning it into first person shooter hots wouldn't be the worst thing in the world and even if they even if they don't do like the full hots thing and they do you know just a straight up like pve horde mode those horde modes on like call of duty games and uh gears of war and stuff are fantastically popular mhm mm-hmm. and from you know i mean i haven't played any of them in any recent years but they were pretty fun at the time and overwatch has characters that are more fun than those characters <laughs> so you know there's a, it seems like you could get somewhere now uh, all the that people that thing. spent tons and tons of dollars on skins despite you know i love supporting companies but it's against the advice of this podcast to invest a lot in digital items <laughs> and maybe this or, is this lesson why you know, at least if you're going to do it, understand that, hey, they can just at when, any time. Yeah, at any time they decide they to make want. an Overwatch 2, you might not get your skins back. And by might, I mean, it seems likely whatever's happening here is not port over. And people would be like, but they just released Overwatch on Switch. Why would they drop Overwatch now and go to Overwatch 2? And the answer to that, my friends, is there is a new generation of consoles coming out probably next year. And what if Overwatch 2 launched on those consoles pretty mm-hmm. close to the launch? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's interesting to have taken a game that they were pumping tons of money to try and keep people interested in, especially with the league that they are expanding rapidly, and throw ice water on it by telling people, in two years, this game's going to be a new game. Or they just, I mean, the league can just change the thing to Overwatch 2. Now it's the Overwatch 2 league, and, you know, the all of a sudden the game just changes underneath the players, and they have no say, right? Right. Blizzard but, is in complete control. But do you do you watch for the next year if you know the game's going to change? Do you play? Do you pay oh, attention? Oh, I see what you're saying. You yeah, if they anymore? announce Overwatch 2. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm not going to get any progression or my skins or whatever after I move. Like, what is the draw for people that do play? Yeah, good question, man. To play until Overwatch mm-hmm. 2 comes out. Let's see what they announce. I bet the draw will be a uh, question mark. Yeah. And All right. I bet they don't say right. anything. But we'll see. Who knows? If if they're smart, they would find a way to offer something special to bridge the gap that you could carry over. Here is a player skin and an spray. Yeah. <laughs> right if you if you play and unlock this in overwatch we will add it to your overwatch 2 account you know i've spent 20 dollars on that game and it was to buy the charity skin for breast cancer awareness that they did the mm-hmm. mercy one so i don't feel did, like i mean that's a donation well, plus you also purchased the game sure that doesn't count <laughs> you spent 20 extra dollars then sure it doesn't count uh, but I have spent the time to watch and to have things on to get league coins. And it kind of feels like a little bit of wasted time, you know, like, and so me being not invested at all in my skins is kind of bummed out that I can't keep some of the skins that I like. So people are going to be mad if they don't have some sort of stopgap. Or does Overwatch stay Overwatch and Overwatch 2 is not the competitive online game? Yeah, I mean, what if Overwatch 2 is only the PvE stuff and Overwatch 1 is the same game that it has been? Yeah. That's also a choice. One would hope. All right, we got to move on. 
There's no reason to talk about it more until we know more. Hey, they're uh, probably going to announce a WoW expansion hey. because they all, all it's been a long time and it's probably time for that, right? Yeah. Can they we won't hear any numbers, but will it be clear to us based on what they announce and the crowd's reaction whether or not their main game is dead and people are only there for classic announcements? I th- you know, I think if they announce something cool, you'll get people that are excited about it. There's I still am- people that play WoW or would be willing to play WoW if WoW didn't suck. I am morbidly curious and also very interested to know what their progression path is for that classic game. I mean, I guess I guess at the end of the day, who cares what they announce? Those people are paying for classic. They're still paying. Yep. <laughs> it's all the same sub, so whatever, yep. you know? Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm also very curious to hear if they announce, like, what the progression is for classic. I wonder if they announce anything at all. For they classic? Leave it for- yeah, I, bet I think it's extremely popular. I had they have to announce at least updates. Oh, I believe it's popular. At aren't least they, updates to what they had planned last year. Yeah, I was going to say, aren't they still working through the roadmap that they revealed last year? Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're nowhere yeah. near done with that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't even gotten to loot 2.0. Yeah, I, I imagine they'll just get to like, oh look, here's the next raid, and look, we really did it like we said we would. Right. Um, but you know, who knows? Maybe they've changed the roadmap. I bet one of the panels will go into that stuff. Absolutely. Wow, Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Oh, yeah, Hearthstone. Hey, that's a game that's popular and in the news. <laughs> uh, I have... You heard it here first, all right? We have some sourcing, legitimate sourcing. I cannot actually reveal. Like any good journalist, adjacent. There's going to be, quote, unquote, a large Hearthstone announcement. They put out a teaser on the official Hearthstone account today. That's a video, you know, sort of saying, hey, the conclusion to whatever the kind of intertwined story that's been going on in the last few expansions in that game. Uh, You know, there's the League of Evil and then the League of Explorers is back to fight the League of Evil. And now it's kind of building to some kind of conclusion here. And the, the, the stinger at the end of that trailer is the, you know, the uh the card playing lady says like you know the outcome will be decided by you mm-hmm. whatever that means mm-hmm. so yeah well, hearthstone can... is uh do if they want to keep interest in that game long term they need to do something i think it's the game is not as interesting as it used gotten, to be gotten stale so yeah. what would your i i don't i can't get too close to this so i have to hear what your thoughts are you know, I've been still playing the single-player stuff. I enjoy that. I've enjoyed their stuff that they've put out for the last two ones of those. Um, but I think it's time to redo, like, a lot of aspects of that game, you know? Like, a big overhaul is in order. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have tried very recently rotating in some of the old cards from Wild and from the Hall of Fame. Gotta spice it up. Back into Standard. Um, which is uh, was you know somewhat controversial but i think people generally feel like it improved the way the game played the game Uh, isn't dynamic they i mean i tried playing again a couple weeks ago i got in two games this is why i ended up playing slay the spire a bunch this past weekend (laughs) which i wish i owned on switch oh that game is so good i kind of wish i had it on switch there's so much there's so much secret stuff in that game also. I don't know how far you are. In oh, it. really? I haven't even unlocked all the cards for the first class yet. All right, that's step one. 
keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Unlock all the cards for all the classes, right? And then yeah. then there's more yeah. stuff. There's more stuff. Okay. So I need to I need to start playing my my free copy is that's, what I'm hearing. That's that's why I want it on it's hard on my computer to do. I have not even done all of it and I've been playing that game off and on for like years at this point. Yeah. But it is very run based, right? So it's hard to get like a you have to be able to do well in that game in order to get some of the things. Some um, of the times you can see things are not going well and you can just kind of delete, you know? Yeah, look, if you know your run is over, you can always just kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Surrender the run and be like, never mind. Because there are times when you could, when that game gets going, when you really build the engine of your deck, you know, it, whether that means you thin it down to like your deck is five cards or whether that means you build like some really ridiculous combo where everything you play draws a card and then deals three damage and then you draw a card and it deals three damage for that and all kinds of like that yeah. kind of stuff. I think you I can get some really broken stuff in that game and it's fun. <laughs> I think I take too many cards. Uh, not taking cards is actually a very good thing to do in a lot of cases. Yeah. I do try to thin the deck down, but I think I take too many. Anyway. Especially once you get to like the second and third floors. Like if you have a good engine in your deck, like you can just not take the cards. It's fine. Yeah. I kind of always take cards that draw and replace themselves. And beyond that, I think I'm going to start taking less. It, and then what you want depends on like what you're trying to do and which character you are and the, the, which relics you have. There's all kinds of stuff. And it's nice because each, I mean, just having played the warrior class, you can tell like, all right, with only the cards I've unlocked so far, there's definitely three ways to play this class. I either try yeah. to do the class where it, it like berserk is the main card and you damage yourself to do damage a lot of it and get more energy and draw cards or there's the, my armor is my offense, and then there's the, my offense is my offense. <laughs> there's, uh, I think, is Warrior the class that gets the card that your armor doesn't go away between rounds? Uh, he, Warrior is the one where you can get plate armor as a power, at the, you know, like, you know, one of the power cards. Yeah. And then, like... Plate armor adds armor to you at the end of every turn, and then if you don't take damage above your armor, then you don't lose the plate armor. Yeah, so it persists between rounds, right? Right. Yeah, that power is insanely broken. <laughs> it seems like it, but I haven't unlocked all the good cards for it. There are, yeah, and you don't always unlock, like, there are also sometimes you'll get those boss cards, mm -hmm. and some of those also are, like, ludicrously powerful as well. So that's a and good game. Random, so. <laughs> it's a good game. People should play that game. And it's dynamic, which uh, I tried playing that game of Hearthstone. And it was like, this is worse than when I played and it was just, okay, I'm laddering. So I'm playing Hunter that has the same Leper Gnome into Dire Wolf into, you know. And uh, I have been playing a bunch of Magic the Gathering Arena um, still. And that game recently just banned a card from standard because it was warping the meta too much. Remember when card games used to ban cards, Andrew? <laughs> yeah. Or like Wizards, show Wizards up in a tournament and somebody be like, you know what? That card's been eroded. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. So they, I guess um, they don't erota cards in magic very frequently, um, but they do ban uh, at least in standard. I guess it's still legal in if you want to play the like eternal formats or whatever. Um, but they banned a card just outright. <laughs> they banned a land, <laughs> um, because it was had a really stupid. It's ability. always land. They they built a okay. All right, 
let's go. Here we go. Uh, it's always land that gets banned. Like the it's a colorless land that you can go pay twenty five thirty dollars for because they're super hard to find that and they're not banned are lands. <laughs> uh, true, because land is very important in that game, right? But it, it's a colorless land. It has an ability that if you have seven other lands in play with different names, every time another land comes into play, create a two two zombie, black two two zombie. And I'm sure because there are plenty hey, of guess cards what? that do this, you just find the cards that grab you lands out of your deck, and then you have uh, seven course. by turn seven, and you're done. Oh, you have seven way before turn seven. <laughs> How do you do that? You can only usually there's play all, one per turn. Uh, there's a whole bunch of effects that, like, when you play this creature, play a tapped land. Oh, got when it. You, okay. When you play this card, draw a card, and you can play a land from your hand. It comes into play tapped. Uh, like, and all this other shenanigans. And you uh, overload your deck on land. And because the requirement is the lands have to have different names, basically the deck list takes three pages because each one is one of every single one of these lands with different names that basically do the same thing. Not okay. Considering anyway, their, their deck management is not that great. They banned that card. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, everyone rejoiced. And now <laughs> the new card, uh, the meta is now even more warped <laughs> from the latest tournament than that one was that one was like 40 percent of the field and they're like oh this card doing this thing is that's too much the last tournament they just hosted 70 percent of the field brought this one specific planeswalker because he can turn any of your cards including your lands into three three elks with no abilities but cool to become things is fine those are you can turn he can turn his own lands his own artifacts uh into elks but you can also turn, hey, your card that does something, what if it was just a plain elk that did nothing instead? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. Oh, no. That's really powerful. That's three-mana card. Seems good. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a three-mana planeswalker. And the ability to turn something into an elk isn't even a minus ability. It's a plus ability. No. Yes. Okay, Michael, uh, explaining this for a second. Yeah, you, you just hit me with a whole lot of terminology. Yeah. There. All right, so three mana is cheap, right? If you're playing a deck yep. that doesn't even try to get you land, you've got three land by turn three. In, yeah. In yeah, unless you drew, like, completely horribly off right. the start, but yeah. You'll have so three. by turn three, this card is on the table. Or turn, yeah, turn three or four, right? The card's on the table. It, it, if a, you have it. it. Is, it's one colorless, one blue, and one green, but okay. it's pretty easy to get that. Okay. Planeswalkers have three abilities on the card. They're not like a normal card. You don't tap them. Like in Magic, you know, you like, hey, tap this to do this. Yeah. Tap this to attack. Planeswalkers sit there, and then instead of tapping, you can do one of three abilities. One of, and uh, the Planeswalker comes into play with tokens on it. Okay. If you want to spend tokens... Of a certain number, it says the number on the card, you get the most powerful ability on the card. Usually, yeah. Usually. Makes sense. In theory, on card design, spend five tokens, get the most powerful ability. You would get a a minus five ability on your Planeswalker would be a relatively powerful ability, such as on this particular card, you give them one of your tokens in play, and they... And you get one of their cards in play with some kind of restriction. The other way to lose tokens off your card is if your enemy attacks your planeswalker and you don't block it. And then it doesn't die immediately unless it has no tokens. It loses health the same way you would, right? If they attack it and And they hit a two two power creature, they hit it, 
it loses two tokens. Right. Okay. So zero tokens on the card, usually zero, sometimes there is no zero, but usually zero, gets you a medium range ability, like make a 2-2 flying or something, you know? Sure. Or something of that nature. In this case, this Planeswalker has two plus abilities. See? So, like I said... Anyway, there's always three abilities. Sometimes it changes what they are. Usually it's something like negative zero plus. Plus is usually one of those ones where it's like, well, the trade-off for this ability, which isn't that good, is that you get tokens. Or you get a card. Or, yeah, it's like, get a card, get one token. That's not amazing ability, but hey, cards are good. Tokens Tokens are probably good. Yeah. And and you're building towards the big minus thing that you want, right? Having, Having a card... Basically being Dispel on the board all the time is really for, good for gaining tokens and then adding stupid. <laughs> oh, his one of his plus abilities creates an artifact that's called a food. Food is a whole thing in the most recent magic set. But basically, they're little artifacts that you can like, oh, sacrifice this food to gain life or sacrifice this artifact to do some kind of effect. Okay. He can make food as one of his plus abilities. So you get these little artifacts that do nothing but maybe gain you life if you spend a little mana. What would he do? That is a generally acceptable plus ability, right? Like this would be like a get a little thing. You can do some stuff with it. Yay. Yeah. His other plus ability, though, you can turn that food that you created last turn into a a three-three stag. No, (laughs) for no no detriment, and you gain a token. Oh no! Uh, Or you could turn your opponent's. 10 10 monster into a 3 3 elk (laughs) or your opponent's planeswalker into a 3 3 elk and then who cares how many tokens it had it's really overpowered Uh, this makes me want to play magic this is the type of stuff that i like playing magic to do and so the, the thing that is anyway the reason i bring this stuff up is this guy has all of this uh, all these crazy abilities, and he's really powerful. The real reason but you bring magic. this up is because there's nothing like this in Hearthstone, where yes, like that's we used what to have Doctor Boom, and the game was fun, and now it's like. Mm. So the thing is that this guy has all these abilities, right? And he can do all this stuff and interact. You know, well, magic. Then there are a bunch of cards that are like, if condition, just destroy a planeswalker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like there's a two mana one that takes a planeswalker and returns it to their hand. That's not very good, because then they just play it again next turn, right? Like but they lose the tokens big. on it. It resets to whatever the starting amount is, yeah. right? But if, you know, if they play it, they give, they create a little food, and then next turn you just return it to their hand. Well, they still got the food. It didn't, and he's going to play it again next turn and create another food. It didn't really do anything there. But if they do the minus ability, your guy probably has, like, you know, very few tokens left. Then you return it back to their hand. All right, well, now they just played again, and they gained tokens. So it's not like a very powerful effect, but sometimes getting that guy off the board is more important so that he can't screw with your stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and then you have a chance to counterspell him when he comes back into play or whatever, which is a thing. Until that they bait your counterspell. Of course, there's, you know, mind games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, like there are cards that are just like, destroy a planeswalker if it's blue or green oh hey this guy's blue or green (laughs) that's not a very good card because what if you play against a red deck (laughs) but this guy is so popular you could just put that in your main deck not even worry about a sideboard which this game also has just put that card in the main deck because so many of the decks you're gonna play have this guy in it that you might as well like that's a seriously warping card 
But you have these options, which I feel, you know, for reactivity and to do stuff, which in Hearthstone you don't have available. So I'm not saying they're going to add like instance or whatever in Hearthstone, but it would be nice if they overhauled it, the game, you know, at least in some ways to have more interesting effects um, than they currently do. I think you have uh, a very popular opinion, right? Like that's the very popular opinion is this game needs a big boost, right? Yeah, I, I and I think if they change their standard format to be more interesting, that would be a way to do it, right? Like, be more conscious about rotating out cards from the original set that are still around. It's like, hey, Mage still has Frostbolt, man. <laughs> like, yeah. what if not every Mage deck had that card? <laughs> so, All right. you know. Hearthstone, WoW, Overwatch, Diablo. Warcraft 3 Reforged? <laughs> is it even going to rate? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, they have all these other things. Are no, they going to spend just, any I think time it's on in the arcade. Game? I doubt they'll even mention it. It's supposed to come out in December, so. Yeah, I bet they just say, like, hey, this game's coming, coming out. in December. Yeah. You get a one-minute trailer and be like, boom, release date. Mm-hmm. So that only covers one, two, three, four of the six mystery slots. Do we have any other leaks that cover any of the rest of it? Were there six? Yeah, there are six mystery slots. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I don't know, then. All right. So we still got a little bit to figure out before the thing. Yeah. All right. BlizzCon, that'll be the day after this podcast goes up. But we have other stuff in the gaming world, I think, that I want to ask you guys about. Did anyone of you two, any one of you two, (laughs) either would be the right word, download Mario racing cart thing, phone? Let's the, use our words and describe the, mo- the mobile about. Mario Kart game. That one. Um, no, I I looked at it. Uh huh. In the store as I as I paged on by, mm-hmm. I read I read people's impressions of it and said this seems bad. Yeah, like paying a season pass for yeah. a mobile game. No, thank you. Yeah. I downloaded it and became. One of the statistics of 123.9 million people downloaded this. And 123.8 million uninstalled it? Uninstalled it as soon as they heard Season Pass. (laughs) (laughs) The price on that Season Pass was crazy too, right? Ludicrous. It was like $11. $11 a month or for several months? How did it work? I mean, I know we don't do research, but I can't like... This can't quote a number, sick. right? Like, I want to say the th- the thing I heard was that like the price was crazy when you compared it to like what if I paid for a streaming service instead yeah, five, of five dollars a month? Cart. Five dollars a month. Okay, five dollars. So like with two months worth of that, you could subscribe to Netflix. <laughs> like <laughs> for one of that- for one month of that and watching ads, you have CBS. Yeah. It, for, those are cra- crazy prices. Isn't that the same price as Apple's Game Pass? Oh, that's what they were comparing it to. Yes. It's like, compare this to the price of Apple Arcade for one month. Yeah, Apple Arcade. And you're like, uh, there there may be na- maybe there aren't a ton of games in Apple Arcade that you want to play. But there's a lot of you games. You play a whole lot of games for actually, yeah, for a month instead of maybe playing Mario Kart for part of that month. Yeah. I would love to check out this Apple Arcade. I wish I had time. (laughs) (laughs) 
the true currency. The true currency. Speaking of streaming services, Apple Arcade being one of them for game. Well, they're not. Okay. That's a misnomer. They do not stream games. You download them through your subscription to your phone. Better than streaming. And uh, more doable, it turns out, than streaming. Apparently, JJ, your favorite company on the planet, Google, can't make good on their Stadia Mm. promise. Favorite company? (laughs) (laughs) Not sure where that idea came from, but... uh, yeah, they basically said that, hey, Stadia is, uh, you know, coming out at the end of this year sometime, November or something. Mm-hmm. But all the things they said aren't coming at launch, which I think they also had said before. <laughs> uh, but it's like, hey, remember this? The whole thing, their whole pitch was like the controller will connect to the Wi-Fi so that it will skip a step, right? Like you won't have the controller directly connects to the Wi-Fi so that it right. doesn't have to connect to the the box and then to the, the Internet. Uh, yeah, it's actually not going to do that. No. (laughs) At launch. Uh -uh. Maybe ever. Uh, sorry guys. I I wouldn't (laughs) hold my breath on expecting your expensive Stadia controller to do anything other than being a controller. And at launch, it is also only going to work with Chromecast Ultra. Boom. Not not with web browsers or phones <laughs> yep. or any of the other yeah. things they promised yeah. there we thing. go <laughs> so uh so that was pitch part number 2 which was and then you'll have this cool controller you can use for all sorts of other stuff uh look that part was always bs no yeah. one was uh, you were never going to use that controller for anything else right. but <laughs> the fact that they're and they're like oh the streaming stuff to web browsers and other stuff then will come sometime next year so what you're really saying is this is like the uh, this is the early access here, <laughs> <laughs> paid early uh, access. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it's not the first thing to pay for early access, right? I don't know. Doing that yeah. all the time these days. Yeah. I just for sometimes you pay for early access because you're getting a benefit, or you're trying a new technology where it's not going to just infuriate you. But paying for a streaming game service to be early access seems like. A recipe for making yourself upset. It's well, going to stutter. Thing, it's not going to work right. Like <laughs> The crazy thing to me is that even if it doesn't stutter and all of that part works, you still have to buy the games mostly. Yeah. There are some games that you get included with your, like, um, you know, the fee you pay to be a part of this thing. But, like, dude, what? <laughs> you buy a copy of the game on this streaming thing and then, like... In four years, when Google gets bored of this and shuts it down, like now you don't have that game anymore. It's just gone. You don't have Physical access to it. Physical media is cool. Don't get rid of cartridges. And Google has never announced any kind of like plan for what happens when they do that. At least, like there are there is in writing quotes from people at Steam and some of these other online services that like yeah if we ever shut down there are plans we'll do this this and this you'll like, be able to get digital copies to download right stuff like yeah. that you know we'll give you windows you can download all your stuff and then keep it you know we'll turn off all the encryption who knows whatever but like google has said nothing <laughs> they yeah. could just turn their servers off and then all your games are just gone because you never had the game f- physically located on your hard drive it was all talking about sh- they don't just shut down services <laughs> I still am sad they shut down Google Inbox, my favorite email program. Oh, man. I thought you were going Reader. Nope. Ah, uh, I do kind of miss Reader. Reader was Inbox. so good. Inbox is still the best app that ever was. I'm sad that it's gone. 
Oh. So not your favorite company. Can I try another streaming service to see if it's your favorite company? Oh, boy. Netflix? I like Netflix. Oh, are you ready for this one, though? Uh, I don't know. JJ, what if we had watched Evangelion? Uh Uh-huh. We did do that. But what if we had watched it at 1.25 times speed? Well, why would we want to do that? You lose the cinematic camera pans. Okay, okay. All right, fine. What if you really like that scene with Shinji Ikari standing on the train station for like six minutes? You beat me to it. Uh Uh-huh. And you just wanted to watch it for 12 minutes instead. Okay. Because you could watch it at half speed. Podcast controls coming now to Netflix. Do you? Okay, hold on. I have a question. Do you guys listen to podcasts at increased speed? I used to when I was in the car a lot. Why? I hate that. It's so like it. It sounds bad. I because can't deal some people with the, like, like us ramble quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is valuable content. Don't you dare skip this, listener. I have stopped doing that. And now that I've culled my podcasts down a bit uh, in terms of content that I need to listen to, I listen at regular speed. I Okay. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, okay, I guess if you're really just trying to get through all of them so fast, listen at one and a half or something. You know, but like, at one point I was listening to it. People's cadence, it ruins their voice. Like, yeah. I don't, it just sounds bad. But see, but at a certain point, I don't know about you, Michael, you podcast quite a bit, so maybe you could weigh in on this but at one point i was downing like info podcasts news podcasts politics podcasts video game podcasts and so i'd get to like the fantasy football one and be like all right i just need to just pound the information in there because in two days there's going to be another one of these i don't need to sit there and enjoy it and that's when i kind of like burnt out and then cold the podcast list down to you know a few things that I still listen to regularly that I listen to at normal speed. Yeah. My, my list has always been kind of carefully curated just so that I can take the time to enjoy them. I guess this is definitely that stuff you're talking about. Andrew is literally, if I get to that point with the podcast, I'm like, I just have too many things to listen to and I just want to get this one done with. That's when I unsubscribe to the feed. Ouch. Yeah. It happens. I mean, there's only so much time for content. We got to watch a bunch of Star Trek shorts. I don't know. Yeah. You know, how we do that and listen to podcasts. <laughs> you, you can't. This you is have good advertising notes. for being on a podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, back to the topic at hand. Uh, do, why would you want to watch Netflix at 1.25 times speed? Because YouTube did it, I guess. I I literally can't think of a reason why you would want to watch anything on one of those streaming services, be it TV or movies, at increased or slower rates. Slower rates, <laughs> I could understand. So I want to slow this down to watch how, you know, like, how did they do this stunt? Maybe I can see, you know, or like, what move does he make with his hands here? Slow it down, go back, you know, instead of just back 30, back 30 until you see it. I mean, like, give them frame advance then. Like, just go frame by frame if you want to let people do that stuff, right? Frame advance is fine, too, yeah. Like, yeah, but other than YouTube does this stuff, I don't see a reason why you would want it on Netflix. Because it's like, oh, I'm going to watch Lord of the Rings at 1.5 speed. That's really what I was looking for. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Except that now then pitch it up like an octave and a half because it's I going faster. So okay, I'll do bad. that in post. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you have to do that. But I'm just saying that like that's because that's what happens when you play it faster, right? It sounds right. bad. Yeah. So I would I, actually kind of enjoy know. watching Samwise move at 1.5 times speed. <laughs> the hobbits would go to Isengard really fast. <laughs> the, right. the ints might move at a normal. The ints would be actually sounding and looking normal. Oh, yeah. Okay. What do you mean? <laughs> slow trees. You know, they didn't they didn't screw up everything this week. That Dolomite movie is awesome. I watched it. I enjoyed it very much. I it's not like groundbreaking cinema or anything like that. It's not but I was very glad that it wasn't a typical biopic with way too much drama. They kept it funny which i enjoyed they kept it like uh, i guess it helped it helped that it was about a comedian i guess but they didn't have i mean there were scenes of like oh my god he's out of money what is he gonna do kind of stuff right but it was always positive in like the hmm he's kind of in trouble here no not really he's all right don't worry about it <laughs> uh also apparently for you uh amazon prime subscribers the original movie dolomite is available to watch <laughs> Oh, that's valuable information for my current evening. Uh, <laughs> don't know that it's worth doing necessarily, I mean, but uh, based on there. that movie I watched, I there are at least four scenes I want to see actually how they looked. <laughs> yeah, uh, language warning for that movie, by the way, nineteen seventies oh, yeah, language and uh, sexuality warning. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. A lot of nudity, and it, it says that right up front too. So true. Oh, man. All right. I have one more thing I want to ask you guys about because I don't know if I'm being a silly person or not. We've talked before about my interest in that Playdate game console, the weird one with the crank. Oh, yeah. Which is not out. I might have it might have been superseded based on cost because I can't afford everything in the world. Analog announced the Analog Pocket. I know Wait, what this is. You do? Okay. I I don't think I've seen this one. It looks exactly like what a Game Boy would look like if you made it now. Oh, no, I did see this. Yes. And it can play a Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, out of the box, carts. Analog is a company that has released uh, several products like this in the past, starting with, I think, the Super NT, and then... Regular uh, NT. Sorry, yes. It was like the NT Mini, and then the Super NT, and then I forget what they called the Sega Genesis one. Anyway, it went like Nintendo, or NES, uh, Super NES, and a Genesis one, and now they're releasing this one for pocket games. The thing is, by default, these things only play carts. And if you want to be able to, say, connect them to your computer and dump a bunch of uh, files from an SD card, let's say, onto them, <laughs> mm. uh, you can't do that with the firmware out of the box. Usually, in all these cases, unofficial firmware, not supported by the company, has come out, mm, let's say, like a few days after they come <laughs> out. Uh, that then enables all this stuff. But by default, for the thing you buy is just plug your cart in and play these games. Which, I don't know, it's like, hey, okay, that's a cool idea. 
I mean, and we left out, they're also going to have adapters where you can still plug in, or like Game Gear games. Uh, what's te- what was um, uh, what was the other Atari one that can plug in there? They said they were going to make a bunch of adapters for the Nintendo Entertainment System one, and then the vast uh, majority of them the, never came out. The Links, that's the one you're thinking oh, of. Okay, the Atari one. Yeah, the yeah the Links. Um, so they promised like, oh, here's a, for the original uh, Nintendo one. They're like, oh, we're going to make adapters so you can play like Intellivision games. And then that never came out. Really? So, I, you know, dude, how, who's going to buy cartridge adapters for right. a system that could just play files? <laughs> right? Emulation, which is what this is doing, even under the hood, even if it's like physical emulation. This is the discussion I wanted to have with you. Is there value, and I kind of think there is, in having the actual carts to slap in there. Uh, ignoring the personal attachment I have to the physical nature of having the carts and the thing because I am a collector and I have certain things that I do like to collect and that is one of them. Like, I have a bunch of Game Boy carts in my desk. And you know what? One of my two Game Boys went, uh, let's say, the way of a goldfish that's been <laughs> from home from the fair too long. It went to a Best Buy upstate. Uh-huh. I'm starting so to get I, worried that my carts then become, you know, something I won't be able to use much longer if these older machines can't hack it. So, I mean, obviously there's value in having the cartridge, right? Like, there's never not going to be value in the physical thing. Uh, the problem you're going to encounter is that probably the batteries in a lot of those cartridges are going to die. Easy peasy. No problem. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, swap it out, pop a new battery and, you know, rip Done it save. Before. But, you know, yeah, totally doable, though. Um, but yeah, of course there's value in that, right? And if you want to play the physical cartridge on a machine, this is what that is doing, right? Or for these Game Boy and, and GBA. What were the other ones you said? Pocket. Yeah, Pocket. And uh, so it's like uh, whatever the Atari one was, which Michael had the name for. The Lynx. Lynx and then Game uh, Gear. Neo Geo. Neo Geo. Pocket. Yeah. You know, so... It, I think it's a smart idea to do handheld stuff, right? Because there's those have been around for a the while. There hasn't <laughs> ish. There hasn't been an emulator for those, or there ha- there are emulators for those things, but there haven't been like the SNES minis of the world of those yet. But also, really. you if you do, then you're not getting the benefit of what they used to be, which is walking around with them in your pocket. Sure, which this does, right? right. This does that. Um, so certainly there's value in that, but I, at least personally, I don't think I would ever do that. And I certainly, if I did do that, I would want to have access to every game that I have on this modern device with a gigabyte of memory or whatever. Like <laughs> I could fit every Game Boy game in existence in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so personally, I wouldn't want to walk around carrying all my old Game Boy cartridges, but there is certainly nostalgia in that feeling, and the device supports that. So, like, cool, and it's certainly, there are people who want that, otherwise they wouldn't be making it this way, right? (laughs) Absolutely, Um, of course, and that's that's why they justify the price of it, too, right? And yeah, these things are not cheap, right? Yeah, I know. They they list how much it's going to be? 200. Yeah, Yeah, that's a pretty chunk of change. I mean, that's how much these things cost when they were new, right? Yeah. Yeah. Close. That's how much, like, a PSP was. And then there's the there's supposed to be a dock. Two hundred. Oh right, yeah. Switch light. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so then the dock means, you know, you can um, put it up on your TV or something, I assume. Yep. But I think the dock is sold separate for this one. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, and that kind of makes sense. Because I'm not going to buy the... Why would I buy the dock? Yeah, but it's really interesting. As a person who works in electronics, you know, these things use FPGAs uh, to emulate the hardware. That? I don't know what that... I read it on the thing, and I have no idea what sure. that is. Sure, yeah. Uh, I will try to keep it uh, not technical, if I can. Uh, tell me if I you need stuff explained. Uh, an FPGA is a piece... Is a, is a giant chip. It doesn't have to be that big physically, but it's a chip. And essentially, all of the internals of the chip are configurable, or some amount of it is, right? So and you can make it crunch numbers a different way. Uh, you can program the FPGA to be any other piece of hardware that would fit in the amount of gates or whatever that you have. Huh. So, so you, it, it's essentially a configurable piece of hardware so that a, can emulate a, other hardware. Yeah, so it's a hardware emulator, not a software emulator. You're not, yes. and you're to, not and running an i7 to try and pretend software is running on something else. Correct. And it is, because it is emulating hardware at a hardware level as opposed to a software level, right? It is, in theory, more accurate than a... No? Okay. Not necessarily. I mean, it could be more efficient. You don't know. Uh, but the it, it would, in theory, be more accurate, right? Because you configure the hardware in such a way that it looks like what the hardware inside this thing used to be. Okay, th it has this processor, and it does these instructions, and this is how fast it goes, and then here's this memory, and this is how fast it goes. And you program all those things, and then, in theory, it would act just like the hardware used to. And then, you know, you reboot it and say, I want to be a Game Boy today, and then it looks like that. I see. Okay. So, what does FPGA but, stand for? Uh, field Programmable Gate Array. Cool. I, we learned uh, something today. Component and class. So, and, so then, and then in theory, right, depending on how powerful the, the FPGA they get for this thing is, you could reprogram that thing to be a SNES. You could reprogram it to be a Genesis. You could reprogram it to be a PlayStation 1. Well, it only has two it, buttons you know, on it. Yeah, but I'm just saying that the the chip itself could be anything, depending on how big, and you know, how much you can fit in for this some reason. One. So the thing that they said about that is that one of them basically runs the menu, and then the other one is for the actual device. I see. So that in theory hmm. you could change the devices available and not reboot the device, or like you could still keep their menu running. And add or subtract things to the list of devices without, you know, having to modify their code, quote unquote. Cool. So I, who knows what that is going to be or how it works. Um, but it's interesting. It, it, it's just like when I think about one of these things, right, from like the perspective of the person who has worked with them, you know, a little bit in my personal job. I go, well, like, why would I ever buy one of these if you don't give me every single core available for it that I could, like, okay, make it a Genesis, make it a SNES, make it an NT, or uh, make it a Nintendo, make it a Game Boy, make it every single thing. Like, and that's, I, it's just a file yeah, that I yeah. load onto Absolutely. the hardware to yeah. reconfigure it. And that's what I've never considered. They don't do that. They don't do that because they want you to buy the next one that comes out <laughs> that's now a Game Boy, right? Yeah. So, like, that's the point. Well, right? I, that's, and that's why I've never considered them before now, right? 
everything I could want to play that's static, that's from a SNES or a, a Sega Genesis or whatever, is on my PC. And I'd have to sit in front of the TV anyway. So if I bought one of these emulator boxes, I'm still sitting in the front of the TV. But they made a beautiful pocket device. And that seems like the the only niche where you're kind of like, huh. It's got hardware like the device that origi- you know originated it. It's not trying to emulate stuff through a phone that then you're trying to do horrible touchscreen controls to, you know. I I will say, I think even their other ones looked very pretty. The design of those boxes. Oh, the, sure, sure. The SNES and the Mega Drive. But in Drive terms of the games, were very games nice. you make in hardware of this device is the pocket device. Sure, it has the screen and you can play it like it's a real Game Boy. Now, yeah. nobody knows what the battery is on it yet, so. Of course. Yep. <laughs> Got to make a trade-off somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, in theory, those devices don't use that much power in today's terms. Um, but, you know, I'm sure it'll have a battery, and whether hopefully the battery will be replaceable. Maybe it'll just be a couple double A's to really that give you be, that experience. That only, But only in the one that is the, the gray original Game Boy-looking one. Uh, this one's I black. Do they have my... multiple colors? Uh, I think I saw a gray one that looks like the the original what? Game Boy Gray. What? I only saw one that was like all all black. Yeah, the all black one is pretty sleek looking, but I'm yeah, dude, because sure. that screen blends in. The one yeah. I saw was white with a black screen. Oh, maybe that was the other one that I'm thinking of. Oh, you, yeah, this white one does kind of emulate looking like the original Game Boy, though, doesn't it? They gotta be. Uh, avoidant of copyrights sure yeah can't use exactly the same colors even if people could just repaint it man that <laughs> screen is so good looking it's real sharp in the pictures and oh uh th- they said something about the screen right like the it's like s- 600 the ppi or something it, it is the pixel density is exactly 10 times what it was on a game boy which yes. was the same as a game gear i think or something like that. And so the the screen scales up ex- as an exact multiple of the originals, which is good because it means that the picture no, will be sharper. No weird. Yes. Difference. You don't wind up with. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be like stretched weird or something. Yeah. This to me has maybe supplanted my interest in the play date. Oh, there's four buttons on it. You could totally do an SNES and NES in there. It would have to have four buttons to do advance, right? Oh, that's right. Advance yes. had four buttons. Yeah, Advance had the four the four button. Did Game Gear? No, Game Gear had two buttons. Genesis started with four and went to six. Started with three and went to six. Three and six. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean it. So you but yeah, I mean do Genesis. You, know, you could do. There. You could do almost all of them. SNES, you'd lose out on the triggers. Um, but you know, I'm sure there are ways. Yeah. So you Where there's a will. <laughs> I don't know. There's just a picture here with Belmont's Revenge, and it looks so pretty. Man. They got me. All right. Well, I, I enjoyed our discussion on emulators. I agree with you. I'm trying to have you talk I, me out of it. <laughs> I, find this, I find this emulator stuff fascinating. The hardware emulation stuff, too, because it's so, like different and interesting compared with the software stuff. Um, but, hey, you know... You I, know what? It's like the same price as a Stadia controller, right? 
that <laughs> you get that Chromecast with it, though. Chromecast Ultra. Whoa. Yeah. No, CD controller is only seventy bucks. If you want to tell Andrew that this is a good or a bad idea, you could email us. That's <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I already know that it's okay. Hold on, I didn't mean to step on you, but I already know that a Stadia <laughs> controller is a bad idea. I've been talking about this the whole time. Oh, I'm talking about this this pocket thing. Oh, we already know that this isn't a bad idea. All right, give that email. If you <laughs> if you agree with that statement that Andrew just made, <laughs> podcast at webergamers.com. We want to hear from you. You could also get at us on social media. That's uh, we're on Facebook at webergamers, youtube.com. Uh, search for webergamers and subscribe to us there. Listen to this very podcast, our sweet Star Trek subpod. Uh, also on there at Instagram, we were gamers, Twitter, we were gamers. I forget All anything. Nope. No. 